Wow, it is here. Today is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is Christmas. And 2022 is also almost finished. It's hard to believe that we have already reached this point in, in the year and in the month. But I'm glad you're here. And I just invite you to put on the brakes, grab a cup of coffee, and join the conversation today. We're going to have a great conversation. And it's time for Coffee Breaks with Steve. All right, I have to ask you, was my microphone muted during that opening comment? Because I just glanced down, it looked like it might have been. Hopefully you heard me. But I was just saying, hey, Christmas is here. All right, um, here we are. Good morning, good morning. And I see already we've got people on here. And I saw a few because I'm actually kind of monitoring this. I It's it's difficult when I'm watching on, I use a, a broadcast platform called StreamYard and I can see your comments on StreamYard. I think most of them, but I'm not seeing everything immediately that shows up on Facebook. And so I'm also side monitoring on Facebook. And I discovered that if I'm side monitoring on Facebook, I can't actually see who joins in even before you start making your comments, but I do appreciate the comments. So I'll say good morning, Shalan. Good morning, Jay Zetterval. Good meowing. And Miaui uh, Katmas Eve. Thank you, Kim Baker. Rick Venturi is here. Good morning. Um, everybody drink. Thank you, Shalan. Scott is here. Kathy Garlic is here. Scott is, is here. I said Scott twice. Scott could be here twice if he wants to. Jerry Zetterval. I'm just looking. I saw Jared was on here. Jerry Zetterval. Good morning to you all. Uh, do, though, please feel free to say hello and participate in the conversation to your heart's content. If you are watching live on either Facebook or YouTube, welcome and do participate this morning. We want to know that you're here and we want you to be part of the conversation. If you're watching this later on, you know, a lot of people are busy today, hopefully not too busy in the morning on Christmas Eve. But I know this is just a busy weekend. So if you got a lot going on, I get it. But uh, if you're watching later on, you can join in the, the the conversation as well and be a part of this interest. I think it's going to be an interesting topic today as we talk about our family holiday traditions, the ones that we grew up with that you recall from your childhood. Maybe when you, as you became an adult, started your own family, there were some of those traditions from childhood that you carried forward and made a part of your family celebration. And in most cases, we also have started new traditions that became a part of what our family uh, has done in recent years. What are the ones that that you've seen, maybe if you have adult kids, what are traditions that you've seen them carry forward or start on their own. Those are just kind of fun conversations. And where the, where do those traditions come from? Why are they important to us? We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, let's see who else is here. Do do do. Okay, I think I've said hello, Jason. Good morning, Jason. Um, hey, Scott Glavin, is Kathy there with you? Because I do not want to miss saying hi to Kathy if she is if she's in the room as well. Just looking to see if I've been Debbie Barr is here, Debbie Barr Stout, excuse me, and good morning, Debbie Stout. And she said, Merry Christmas. Um, <clears throat> a few special days. This was kind of funny. I have a, a site that I go to that's called holidayinsights.com. If you ever want to look out there, are a number of, of sites you can go to on the internet that talk about traditional and unusual holidays. And I've just over the last few years just gone to Holiday Insights and, and looked at what they've got. But uh, it was funny this week, and you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute, as to how many, first of all, how many food days there are this week, not surprising with the holiday. But um, <laughs> Scott, I just, sorry, just glanced Kathy's showering. She appreciated the shout out. Um, sorry. You'll get this at the end. Today, December 24th, is not, of course, Christmas Eve, but it's also National Chocolate Day and National Eggnog Day. I'm an eggnog fan. Are you an eggnog fan? Some people love eggnog. Some people do not. Some people can't. 
may like the taste but can't tolerate it. And different people like different different brands. There's a lot of store-bought eggnog that you can get in the carton or the bottle. And some people have a specific brand that they like to drink. Some people don't like the store-bought eggnog. They only like the homemade eggnog. Some people like to drink their eggnog in a glass straight out of the carton. And some people like to drink their eggnog in a glass out of the carton with some other things mixed in with it, if you know what I mean. Not everybody wants unspiked eggnog. What is your eggnog? Do you have an eggnog preference? Um, oh, the, Jared says the Tahoe garlics are in Utah watching with Kathy. Hazel specifically says hi. Hi, Hazel. Got to say hi to Hazel. Hazel and Mabel are there. And, uh, and yes, I would say hello to Hazel. I'll also say hello to Mabel, but hello to all of the Tahoe garlics as you're visiting with family in Utah for the holidays. All right. So we have, so comments about anything. I see uh, whipped vodkas. I see eggnog is yum. If made with sugar, no corn syrup. Okay. People are putting in their comments about their eggnog. How about your chocolate? Do we really, is, it seems to me like chocolate days come up a lot during the year. This is National Chocolate Day, but there's chocolate this and chocolate that throughout the year. And I think it's another one of those things that we don't need a special day for, but I'll take it. So today is National Chocolate Day. Today is National Eggnog Day. Take advantage of that fact. You definitely have every reason in the world to uh, to be participating. Sue Gustafson, I see that you're on here as well. I'm just looking at the who's watching. So welcome, Sue. And Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and whatever else everyone may be celebrating today as you join, make sure you say hi. Tomorrow, Sunday, Christmas Day. Also, National Pumpkin Pie Day. That one kind of surprised me because you typically start thinking of pumpkin pie in the fall. But pumpkin pie is still something that a lot of people serve with their Christmas meal. Tomorrow, December 25th, is National Pumpkin Pie Day. Are you a pumpkin pie fan? Not everybody is. And once again, recipes make a difference. But uh, that's, and Christmas Day, we're going to talk about how we celebrate. We're going to talk about things with Christmas Day when we get into our topic. The 26th, if you are in England or Australia or some of the British connected countries, you know what I said tomorrow, actually Monday, December 26th, the day after Christmas, is Boxing Day. I remember seeing that on calendars growing up and wondering, what is Boxing Day? Do they, you know, the pugilists get out and start punching each other? Is that a day when you have boxing matches? Or And then it occurred to me, I thought, oh, maybe it's the day that you box up all the Christmas decor. That's not it either. It's only been in fairly recent years that I found out, I, you know, got around to finally looking up Boxing Day. And most of you probably know what this is. I'm not sure if they do it in Canada. It, I don't know if it's official in Canada, Shalane, or if, and they probably do in some fashion because they are, they're connected to England in many ways. But Boxing Day was traditionally the day that wealthy families, families of nobility, celebrate, gave gifts to their servants. It was the day to give a box of some significance to a servant. And I think they gave the servants the day off or part of the day off. Servants had to work on Christmas because they had to serve the Christmas dinner to the family and this kind of thing. But Boxing Day was traditionally the day that you said thank you to the servants. I'm not sure how, I, I think it's still a holiday in many of those countries, but I'm not sure exactly how they observe it now. Do they, you know, I wonder, for instance, and some of you may know this, or you might be able to look this up, is Boxing Day now where fewer people have domestic servants? Is it the day where you maybe give a holiday gift or greeting to the people that the, in, in your local coffee shop that serve you or your postal delivery person or other people who provide services to you throughout the year? And we're encouraged to do that in this country, right? It, it, I don't know how many people still put a holiday card in the mailbox with some kind of a thank you gift of money or a gift card or something for their postal delivery person. Do you do that? I don't know if that's tied to Boxing Day at all, but there you go. Also Monday, in addition to being Boxing Day, is National Candy Cane Day. Candy canes are a big deal this time of year. And apparently December 26th is national. Can By the way, these national days, I don't think any of the ones that I'm reading off right now 
have had a bill passed in Congress or a presidential proclamation to make them a national day. They're just being called that national candy cane day. And some people like put candy canes in the Christmas stockings or on the tree. We'll talk, we can talk about that as part of the traditions, but are you a candy cane fan? Do you have candy canes in your house right now? Do you get them and put them around or eat them or use them as decor during the Christmas holiday season? Okay, the 27th, Tuesday of this next week, December 27th is National Fruitcake Day. And I believe they're talking about the food item, not people of a certain mentality. But um, yeah, uh, because we used to also call people, I think fruitcake is a derogatory term for a variety of things in humanity. And we're not talking about that. I won't go into details about how it may be used cruel, cruelly. I can't say that. Hang on. Shalane, let's work on this. This case, National Fruitcake Day, is the food. And I always pause before I say food because I don't think of fruitcake as real food. Are you a fruitcake fan? There are people who actually like fruitcake. And, but there are so many jokes and memes and for years, for as long as I can remember, there've been negative jokes about fruitcake as a food that nobody really eats it. You, you know, give it, somebody will give it as a gift, usually not to someone you really care about. And, and then it ends up becoming a doorstop or something, you know, those are the running jokes. I think it's funny that National Fruitcake Day actually comes a couple of days after Christmas. And I wonder if it's really to celebrate eating fruitcake or that's the day that you finally, you've had that fruitcake sitting around since somebody gave it to you. And that's the day you finally go, you know, we got to do something with this thing. And it goes in the garbage. I don't know. I, it's probably unfair for me to say that. Do you like fruitcake as a, as a food item? Because Tuesday's your day if you do. And then Wednesday is actually, there's not, I didn't have a food item to go with Wednesday, but it's card playing day, which is interesting. It's a day. And once again, you get the family together for the holidays. There are, there are families that have specific card games that they like to play when the family gets together. We do. We have certain ones. I know there are family members on here who have traditional card games that, that the family plays. And, um, Wednesday is card playing day. All of our family will not quite yet be here on Wednesday. And I'll talk about that when we're talking about traditions, why our family isn't all here at Christmas, but we'll be here in the next week. But do you have card games that are typical or part of what your family does, not just at the holidays, but when family gets together uh, or that you just like to play? I know some of you on here are poker players and, and other things. So there are, uh, there are games that you may enjoy particularly, either individually or as a family. The 29th, Thursday, we're kind of getting back to other eras and times, but Thursday is Pepper Pot Day. Anybody know what Pepper Pot is? Pepper Pot Soup is actually something that goes back to the colonial days, actually during the Revolutionary War, during that very tough winter at Valley Forge, when George Washington's troops were stuck out there in the bitter cold, as many of us are this year, hopefully we're indoors in the bitter cold, but they were, they were camped out. They were still fighting the Revolutionary War and their supplies were cut off and minimized. And they did not have a lot of food items available and it was cold out. And they needed hot food. And this pepper pot soup was put together by a combination of kind of the things that were that were lying around, including peppercorns, I think, which is where they get the, the name. And it was really a saving grace for the troops because they got some hot nourishment into their bodies. And so December 29th to this day is called is Pepper Pot Day. Have any of you ever looked up a recipe for, or just for fun, made pepper pot soup? Curious about that. I personally have not. I've never made it. I've never, to my knowledge, consumed it, but there you have it. And then Friday, December 30th, December 30th is Bacon Day. And I once again ask, do we need a special day? I'll take it. Um, not going to restrict myself to bacon one day a year. So we had National Chocolate Day, National Eggnog Day, National Pumpkin Pie Day, National Candy Cane Day, National Fruitcake Day, Pepper Pot Day, and Bacon Day, which leads us to the last item that's also on Friday, which I thought was hilarious that it's a national day, National Bicarbonate of Soda Day. 
Bicarbonate of soda is essentially Alka-Seltzer or anything that you take for indigestion. And I could see after a full week of these other items, if you're taking part, participating in every one of those, along with everything else that we're consuming during the holiday meals, you might need that bicarbonate of soda. Not going to lie. It may not be a bad idea. Yes. Uh, once again, I'm going to remind you, if you are just joining us, make sure you say hello. Make sure you're part of the conversation. I'm just glancing to see if I have missed saying hello to anybody. And I think I've got everybody up to date. But if I haven't said hi to you yet, say something in the chat here so we can chat. All right. I want to get into, uh, oh, I want to know if you have a special day. I didn't have any birthdays written down on my records or anniversaries. But if you have a special day this week, going into Christmas and, and coming into the end of the year, if you have a birthday or you have an anniversary or something else that you're celebrating over and above these holidays, put it in the chat so that we can celebrate along with you. And if you have a special day coming up in January, as we prepare for the next episodes of Coffee Breaks with Steve and you'd like us to celebrate with you, send me a message and let me know about that so I can make sure it's, it's on the calendar and ready to go. Talk about our holiday traditions and and a little bit of you know what are what are the holiday traditions why are they important think about tevya in fiddler on the roof talking about our traditions or what bind us together our traditions or what connect us and i think that is true overall right we have certain family traditions some of which we know the history and some of which we don't necessarily know the history. We don't know where they started. We just know that we've always done them. And some of them develop over time for a variety of reasons. Some of them very practical. You know the story, and, and it's it's kind of a funny story, that sometimes our traditions, we don't even really know the basis. The The old story about the, the holidays, times are there, and mom is teaching her daughter how to make the holiday ham. And she has her in the kitchen and she's teaching her how to prepare the ham to go in the oven. And she says, we do this. And she's talking about all the things. Says, then we cut the ends, both ends off of the ham. And her daughter says, well, why do we do that? And mom pauses and says, I, I don't know. That's how my mom, that's how grandma taught me. Let's go ask her. So they go out in the living room. Grandma is there and chatting with the rest of the family. Say, grandma, why, why do we cut the ends off of the ham? And grandma says, well, that's how I was taught to do it. My mom taught me. Great grandma is there and she's sitting in her rocker over in the corner, just watching and enjoying everything. So they go over to great grandma. Great grandma, I'm, I'm teaching little Emily how to make the ham and in trying to, she asked, why do we cut the ends off of the ham? Great grandma says, oh, well, when I was a, a young wife in our small house, the pan that I had wasn't long enough for the ham to fit in. And so I had to cut the ends off so it would fit. You know, here, this tradition, generation after generation. And the answer was really one that was just very simple and really had nothing to do with anything other than what was practical in that moment. And that's sometimes where the holiday traditions come from, right? It may have been something that started. We know that even with some of the, the traditional holiday celebrations that are societally, culturally typical, that started because of certain things that were practical in another era, and we've adopted them as just being part of the norm, and we do that. But there are certain things within our families as well that are that are just traditions. Um, I'll share some of mine and my siblings who are on here, and they all are, are going to probably have some similar recollections, or they may have a slightly different memory or perspective about where these came from or why we did them. But there are some, that, and, and please feel free to pipe in with your traditions along the way, because that's the fun of this. For instance, do you, if you do presents, Christmas presents under the tree, do you open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning or later on Christmas Day? I remember that our cousins, Kathy, um, Carla, and Scott, see if you recall this too, that I remember our cousins this would be my Aunt Mira. Aunt Mira is my, was my dad's sister. And that family, that part of our family, would get up on Christmas morning and they wouldn't get to go out to the tree immediately. They would first have to go to the kitchen and eat breakfast before they could go to the tree and open presents. And that's, I'm re recollecting that. So siblings tell me if 
you're recollecting the same. And I don't think any of my cousins are on here today. Brenda sometimes joins, but if you are any of the Hartley cousins here, let me know if I'm remembering that correctly. We would always get up. My dad, if back way back in the day, my dad had an eight millimeter movie camera. And so Christmas morning, we would have to stay in bed or stay in our rooms. We could hear mom and dad getting up. Mom would get her coffee, probably smoke her first or second or third cigarettes in the morning. And dad would set up his camera equipment in the living room with all his really bright floodlights. And he'd have his camera on a his eight millimeter camera on a tripod and everything would be ready. And we would finally be told it was okay to come out. And we would come out into these bright lights, you see us blinking like we just woke up, which was actually just because the floodlights were extremely bright and hot. And our presents were there under the tree. Presents had been stacking up over the last few weeks. As mom would wrap presents, we'd see more and more presents each day under the tree. But the presents from Santa Claus were never wrapped. And they were always there first thing Christmas morning because Santa had brought them overnight. And we'd come out and dad would film us as we were reacting to the tree and opening our gifts and that sort of thing. Um, and we, I mean, it was just whatever was there was there. There would always be an equal number of gifts for all the kids. And, and we would just, we'd unwrap our presents. We'd play with our presents. We would do all of those things. And then we would have our Christmas breakfast, whatever it might be. As our kids were young, we, when, I think this was when Shalan was just getting to the age where she could crawl or toddle or something, because we started by having presents under the tree and add more presents as we wrapped them from the time the tree was up until Christmas. But when Shalan was little, we had a problem that she kept going over and trying to rip all the wrapping paper, a little, a little baby, a little toddler, and the fascination of all this bright wrapped stuff under the tree, of course, she's going to go over and try to rip the paper off. And so it's like, okay, we can't have this happening over and over again. So we actually took that first year, took the presents back out from under the tree and put them away in a closet until the kids were in bed Christmas Eve. And after they were in bed Christmas Eve, we brought the gifts back out, put them back under the tree so that when they got up Christmas morning, there they were. Well, that became a tradition for other reasons, it became a tradition that went beyond the toddler trying to rip the paper off. To this day, there are no presents under our Christmas tree right now. But when the family gathers here and we do our Christmas morning, our gifts under the tree, they will go to bed with nothing under the tree and they'll get up in the morning and everything is under the tree. And we've actually made that part of our family tradition that we we have fun with that because there is no, you know, going and trying to figure out by the shape or shaking it what's what's there. They don't get to do that. It's just there. And it became something that we just continued doing over the years. And um, we enjoy it that way. We have fun with that. Same with the stockings. You know, they, they get up in the morning and the first thing first thing we do is come out to the stockings. No, I take that back. I have to stop. This goes back to something that started with my siblings when our youngest siblings, Scott and Corey were little, that we started doing something. And I think Kathy, my sister, Kathy, I think Kathy, I think you were the one who suggested this at the beginning. I don't think our parents did. I think this was your idea that when we started coming down the stairs Christmas morning with the little siblings, we said the littles need to go first. I think it was Kathy's idea. And so we started coming down the stairs in age order youngest to oldest. And that became a tradition, the youngest to the oldest that we have carried into our family. And so on Christmas morning, we come down the stairs, youngest to oldest, and that includes adult kids. When um, several years ago, when Carol's brother lived with us for a period of time, he was, he had to have been, Randy had to have been at least in his mid to late forties by then, maybe he was already in his fifties, but he lived with us for a handful of years. And I remember the first Christmas he was with us and we told him on Christmas morning, the kids actually told him, no, we got to line up in age order. And he was like, what, what's this all about? And he thought it was a little bit weird. And he was trying to figure out what was going on by the following year. Randy was like, come on, everybody line up age order. And he was tail end Charlie because he was the oldest. And we still do that. Our kids come down, starting with the youngest grandkid, all the way up to the oldest one of our kids come into the Christmas room, the living room with the stockings and the tree in age order. But before they come out to the tree, 
we now have a tradition that all of them pose on the stairs and we take one picture, actually take several, but we pick one that's the best when everybody is actually looking at the camera. That's our annual Christmas picture of all the kids and grandkids. And it's, they're lined up on the stairs. We also, this was one that we adopted from Kathy's family. The, the night before, I'm, I'm not doing these in order. And that's fine. I don't care if I'm talking about them in order. You don't have to either. Just throw in ideas and traditions that you have. The night before, it was the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve. And for us, it's not always it, tonight. It won't be tonight. It'll be when all the families here this next week. Everybody gets new pajamas. And the pajamas, they can, some of them say, I don't want to risk, you know, wrinkling the pajamas. Or if they have a little baby, I don't want to risk the baby wetting and getting through the diaper and they can't wear them in the morning. So some of the family members wear the pajamas overnight. Some just put them on in the morning, but it's new pajamas for those pictures on Christmas morning. We have the last few years added kind of a tradition that we've come up with a theme for every year's Christmas. It doesn't have to follow the decor or all the gifts, but sort of keep it in mind. And it definitely follows the pajamas. For instance, last year, our um, our theme was our kid, your kids are gonna have to help me remember the exact wording for last year's theme, but it was it was the it had to do with the magic of Christmas, and the we always look for mostly when we're talking about pajamas in this in these days for everybody for all the kids and grandkids we're talking about a, a shirt a t shirt and then they wear their own pajama bottoms. And we get, sometimes we get them all the same color and it's just, you know, their names, maybe their names monogrammed on it, or it's a specific style or design. And that was last year we had, everybody had the same t-shirt, but maybe they had different colors. And the t-shirts on the front said, got magic with a question mark. And that was tied to our theme of the magic of Christmas, whatever it was. Um, yeah, Shalane said, got, I think it was, it may have just been got magic. Um Shalane saying in 2020, 2020 being the year it was, our whole theme was party like it's 2020, the big COVID year. We were able to get family together for the holidays, but some of our decor, like we have a big father Christmas that always sits in one corner of our living room, a tall, you know, statuette figure. And throughout the Christmas season in 2020, he wore a mask. Um, many of our stocking stuffers were things like hand sanitizer and that type of thing, you know, masks because COVID was the big deal. And our T-shirts were, you know, on, on Amazon and other sites, you can add the number of stars for, for to see how many likes there are on something. And this one had like half a star. It had the stars and half a star. And it and it was 2020 bad year wouldn't recommend is the message. Um, so it's been funny. And, and we will be doing, I'm not going to say what we're doing this year for the t-shirts uh, because we haven't done it yet with family. And I know some of them are on here, but I will tell you that we did let them know the theme a while back. And the theme is a whole new world. If you think about Aladdin, the song, a whole new world. And this has been a, a year of a lot of change for us. And so a whole new world is our Christmas theme and that'll tie in somehow. And, and we'll go through our Christmas morning a little bit later. Talk about that tradition briefly. When we were young, fairly young families, we, my mother-in-law, Carol's mom, came up with a great idea. I thought it was, it was really smart. Shalane, I'm going to stop here. Thank you. She knew that her kids, as families were growing up with their own kids and there would be Christmas things to do with in-laws and everything else, Mary and my mother-in-law didn't want to worry about competing with everyone else or interfering with her kids' family traditions that we were establishing within our own families for Christmas. So her thing was, as our kids were growing up, look, I don't need everybody to be here on Christmas Day. I just want a time when everybody can be here. And so it started to become a tradition in Carol's family with Carol's mom and, and our family there to get together. Typically, sometimes we would get together at Thanksgiving and do it all early with them. But when she was living on the Oregon coast in Lincoln City, we would typically go the week after Christmas to her house and the family would gather and we would do another Christmas, complete Christmas at Grandma Marion's house. 
Now, the cool thing about that was our family, our kids all got to have Christmas at least twice, because sometimes there were other get-togethers with other family Christmas Eve or other times. But we did a complete Christmas morning and the Christmas meal and everything else at grandma's house. So as our kids got older and moved out on their own, started their own families, we followed that same tradition. And we said, okay, we want you guys to be able to have your Christmas at home as, as a family and or get together with the other side, the spouse's family, without us worrying about competing and trading off and that type of thing. And we'll get together the week after Christmas. It's typically right around New Year's, depending on everybody's schedules and when the days fall. So we had we did do have some family already in town um, right now who came in yesterday. But we will have family. We have some grandkids flying in from California tomorrow night and spending the next week and a half with us. We have family flying in Wednesday. We have family driving in Thursday. And so th starting Thursday night and in through the weekend, we will be doing Christmas with our family, with our kids, with our grandkids. And for us, it's, it's a couple of things. One, it's not, the date isn't as important as the family time. And it is kind of cool for the grandkids to have more than one Christmas and be able to celebrate Christmas. Some of them are celebrating this evening. Some of them are celebrating tomorrow morning, whenever that might be, and then be able to come and do that all over again. And it just extends it out. I, we've never gotten complaints from them about it, right? It, it works out. And this is the first year. Um, oh, they are driving. Okay, Jason, thank you. Driving in Wednesday. Okay. I, it's gotten confusing. I can't keep track. So thanks, Jason. We have all the family here by Wednesday, <laughs> okay? And then we start doing stuff Thursday night is when we'll do pajamas. And I think this is what Carol, Carol has it all written down. We've had to shift it around here and there because of travel plans, but I think we've got it all worked out now. Um, and um, I, I'm trying to think of some of the other traditions and, and I'm wanting to look at yours as well. They're gonna take us on a world tour trip, right? Right, uh, you guys are funny. But we also, oh, another one, another one. When we were very young married and just starting our family, one of the things, I'm worse at this than Carol is, is putting a stop on finding gifts for our kids. We would, I, we'd, we'd get, you know, find some really cool big gift. And then I'd see something else for one of the kids. Oh, we've got to get that for whichever one. Well, then you got to get, something else for the other kids because they got to have equal amounts of gifts, equal number of gifts under the tree. And then something else would come up. And before long, you'd be getting ready for Christmas and we'd look, we'd be wrapping gifts and going, you know what? It might be like, Shalane has four gifts and, and Carissa only has two. So now we're going to have to get something else for Carissa. And then Christopher has not got an equal amount. And then we find a couple of things more for Christopher and it would get out of control. And we had a, a friend at church who said, you know what we did, what we've always done. The Bible talks about Jesus, the, the wise men bringing the three gifts. They talk about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Bible stories, I mean, Jesus, I'm sure, got more gifts than that for his happy birthday. But the Bible specifically talks about the three gifts, the three wise men bringing three gifts. And so we have always restricted our Christmas shopping for our kids to three gifts, we went up. Oh, that's smart. They grew up with that tradition. Then that's and they're going to get other gifts from the aunts and uncles and others. But from us, our kids then would always get there was usually one big gift and a couple of smaller gifts. But it was the three gifts they knew they were going to get from us. And then they would typically get something from Santa Claus as well, perhaps. And that has continued now. As our kids are adults, they still get from us three gifts. Sometimes if it's a couple's gift, if they're married, but is one of them, but they get, and, and so do the, the sons or daughters-in-law get three gifts from us, as do the grandkids. So we've continued that tradition. We shifted a little bit in the, in the last few years. We told our kids, let's stop as we got, had this more grandkids came along and being sensitive to both the, just the process, but also the cost we suggested to our kids that we stop exchanging gifts between all the adults and focus on the kids. So our kids no longer get 
gifts for us. And, and it, be, it becomes tougher for the kids to get gifts for their older parents, you know, the grandparent segment of the of the family because what are you going to get it's, you start to run out of things unless it's a tie or socks now i always will take socks obviously but what do you get for those older adults and then you're also trying to exchange with each other with the siblings and the and the siblings in law and that type of thing and we said let's just focus on the kids now carol and i still get gifts for all of the adult our adult children and their and their spouses or significant others that's our prerogative as the patriarch and matriarch of the family, we still do that. But beyond that, the rest of the adults, the adult children just focus on their kids and the nieces and nephews. And that's where what we do to kind of focus on that. Um, Bob says, no, no socks, no more wire hangers. Um, I have, I have plenty of socks, but sometimes there's something new out there that I don't have yet, believe it or not. Another thing that we just started doing within the last, I think, two or three years is when everybody was here, when everybody is here, the kids and the grandkids, and we're trying to do gift exchange, Carol and I still exchange gifts between each other. And trying to work that in with everything that was going on with the kids and grandkids, it was just the logistics were a little bit crazy. Plus, we couldn't really just sit and appreciate our gift giving to each other. And so we started two or three years ago separating it out. And since the kids weren't coming until after Christmas, Carol and I, Carol and I still tomorrow will exchange our gifts with each other Christmas Day. We still then have our Christmas morning together as a couple. And then when the kids are here and we do our gift exchange with them, we're not worried about what what we've exchanging with each other. We've done that. And so it actually makes it fun for us. As I was saying before, it's like we get more than one Christmas too. So that's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. Um, decoration, decorating can be part of it. Decorating can be part of the traditions in your family. Sometimes it's, yes, the point at which the lights get turned on or putting up the lights and setting up the tree, how the tree is decorated, what, what is the topper for your tree? Sometimes there is an heirloom that has been passed from generation to generation. That's the topper for the tree or even some of the, some of the ornaments on the tree. When our kids were younger, when our kids were growing up, they would each year get a personalized, either a personalized or a theme-based uh, ornament that was also opened the day that we put up the tree and began decorating the tree, they would have one gift and it was that year's ornament. And typically it was a dated ornament. Many years it was a hallmark ornament, but it was about something, it was based on something that they were interested in or or had some something to do with the year in review that we had just gone through. Um, some years, there were a handful of years when they were homemade ornaments. And then what we did when our kids grew up that um, we let them, we gave them all of their childhood ornaments to keep and to have with them and to take with them. And so they have those now with them. We no longer do the ornament as part of the, the setup. Carol has a specific way that she likes to decorate our tree. The tree is decorated in here when the kids arrive. But when our kids were growing up, they were part of decorating the tree. They were part of decorating the house. And we had certain things, and our kids are talking about some of the things that were part of that decor growing up. We're in a new house this year. This is our first year. We just moved to Spokane in, in February. We just bought our house in June. And so this was the first Christmas, the first holiday season, that Carol got to decorate a new house. And so she was trying to figure out things that we've used and has part of our decor. Where does it go in the new house? And then what things maybe don't quite work because we don't have the same space? And what do we need to get to fill in some of those blanks? We have one, we have, I'm into gnomes. That's just kind of a funny thing all the time. I hate gnomes. And that's a topic for another coffee breaks, probably. But um, in years past, I have my own funny traditions that I do. And one of those is that in years past, I Carol would set up our nativity, serious nativity. And somewhere along the way, she would come back and notice that I, I have a travel gnome. He's the like the roaming gnome from the is it Travelocity, whatever company does the roaming gnome. He's a little miniature gnome. And he's holding a suitcase. And I would put the roaming gnome in the nativity. He had come from a long distance to see the baby Jesus too, along with the shepherds and the wise men. So this year, 
I found online several months ago and went ahead and ordered and set aside a gnome nativity. And it's in our basement. It's not competing with the main nativity scene, but it's in our basement on a table. And the gnome nativity is there. And I put the roaming gnome in with those gnomes who are, there's three wise gnomes. There's a shepherd gnome. There's Mary and Joseph gnome and baby Jesus gnome. Oh yeah. And an angel gnome. And the roaming gnome is there. And I think that's appropriate. And that is going to become a tradition. Carol acquiesced. And our bedroom has a very bright, colorful, gnome-heavy decor. And we found several little gnomes of that are kind of like plush, semi-plush gnomes of different heights and sizes, slightly different hats. At our local grocery store, they had an aisle and they had some Christmas decor. And so we got a few of those and they are on in on a table and, and around our bedroom. And a couple of the Christmas throw pillows on our bed have gnomes. And there's a picture above our bed, above the headboard, that is a gnome Christmas picture for the holidays. And I'm appreciative that my wife was willing to do that. That's also during the holidays, sometimes the, the little kids, if there's too much noise, will go into our bedroom to watch TV when everybody's here. And so we think they'll enjoy that decor too. Um, but... I also have a couple of things that I do online that are traditions in different ways. By the way, as you can see, I'm wearing, I have, in addition to the socks throughout the year, at the Christmas season, I have a, let's just say a variety of shirts and outfits that give me the opportunity to do different outfits and combinations. Just every day of Advent, every day from Thanksgiving, really through the time that our kids are here, New Year's. Again, a story for another time, but it has become a tradition. And certain things that I post online are kind of traditional too. This year, I don't know if it'll be a tradition every year, but I started a daily diff posting a different Advent calendar outfit through the days of Advent. And I have a couple of funny memes that I've created myself that go up sometime during the Christmas season. And these are just fun things, right? To keep it bright. But I think about the fact that we don't always know, kind of like the ham, cutting off the ends of the ham. Do you know where some of your traditions started? Do you have that memory? I know how we started coming down the stairs in age order. That was from my childhood with my younger siblings. I know that there are certain things that we still that we still do today. And there are certain things that we started with our family that we continue to do. And sometimes it is the little things, the little things that become a tradition that carries on that we may set a new legacy that's generation after generation. So appreciate the, those traditions, appreciate the nostalgia, appreciate the memories and create the new ones. I think that's my wish for you this Christmas. And uh, please do continue to, yeah, or an addiction. Um, <clears throat> I see the comments on there about the shirts. I appreciate that you're continuing to share yours. And I want to thank you for being part of this conversation. Once again, if you're joining in later and you're not part of the live conversation, do participate, add your comments, add your traditions on here. We'd like to still get those. I want to share a few things with you that are going to be coming up and I want to let you get on with your holiday greeting, but uh, we've got shows coming up in the next few weeks as well. We're still going to be, um, on the air. I couldn't remember the word. You know what that means. I need this. As we are today on Christmas Eve, we're going to be on Coffee Breaks with Steve New Year's Eve next week. And we're going to look at the year in review. I mentioned that it's been a, a big year for us. We went through a lot of change this year. And it's interesting to look back both in terms of our personal lives and things that have just happened in the world around us and, and what a year it's been. We're going to share from our own perspectives what were some of the key things that happened to us and around us in 2022 that we're looking back and going, wow, what a year. And some of those things become our take forwards into the next year. So we're going to talk about that. And then the following week, which is our first week in January and, and the first week in the new year, we're going to look forward. We're going to talk about new beginnings. This isn't about setting New Year's resolutions per se. It's talking about why is it that when you go into a new year and psychologists talk about this as do um, personal Planners, I can't think of the word right now. <clears throat> People who help you plan, um, whatever they are, 
But they talk about the fact that there is a psychology, there is a reason why when we come into a new season, a new situation, and the new year is definitely a key one, it's a time to kind of wipe certain slates clean in our life and look at new beginnings. And that's, again, not about New Year's resolutions per se, but it's it's talking about how we can set certain things behind and start fresh on certain things. We're going to talk about that. And then I am going to tell you that looking forward um, a week beyond that, this one's going to be fun. If you, you may recall, if you're a regular in Coffee Breaks with Steve, that a year or so ago, we had a lady on the show by the name of Katie Truesdell, who owns a company called Magical Mystery Tours, and they plan for people mystery vacations. And when we met with Katie before, we were right in the midst of COVID, and she was talking about how they've had to adapt what they had to adapt, what they were doing to accommodate that. We're having Katie back in January and she's going to talk more about magical mystery tours and what they do, but also talk because she is just in general, a travel agent. In addition to the mystery tour, she helps people plan traditional vacations. And we're going to talk about as things have started to loosen up and travel has begun again to become an option. How does that look now in the post pandemic age? What has changed what is still in place that's restrictive? What is she seeing as the trend now? We're going to have a conversation about that. So I think that will be fun as well. want to remind you to look for us on podcasts. We are on Spotify, on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, not live, but the shows are on there within a day or two of our live broadcasts. And uh, I hope that you will continue to just tune in and be a part of this conversation as we finish up 2022, as we get ready to start 2023. For me, this is what it's really all about, is that we get we get together, even when we're separated by miles, even when we're separated by whatever else might keep us from being able to be together in person. For me, this is a very large virtual coffee table uh, that we get to sit around and just have a conversation. I may be doing most of the out loud talking, but your comments and your participation are important to me. And so I just want to once again say thank you for being a part of this. I want to say thank you to my team, producers and directors. I'll talk about them a little bit more next week as we finish up this year. And I just want to remind you as we're into this, the end of this year, weather is a factor. The holidays are a big deal. And we have an opportunity for togetherness in, in amazing ways. So please do find a way to make a difference in your world this week. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a great week.